genre. Doctor's Companion presents Doctor Who The Long Way Around, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Nick Jimenez. And today on the show, we are discussing Invaders from Mars, the eighth Doctor's sixth story. Uh, this is the opening story of season two of the eighth Doctor adventures uh produced by big finish audio and this particular story is uh written and directed by mark gatiss um and it's uh it's sort of mm. a pl- it's sort of a play on um the war of the world broadcast and the like um there's not a lot of sort of like background information that i've got on this uh the the two um there there are uh there are a few things but nothing that has like a story attached to them um but uh one is that they begin introducing in this episode they begin sort of um weeding in uh alternate history uh concepts through the stories that will eventually build to the sort of um overarching story that they're trying to tell with Charlie Pollard as a, uh, a woman out of time and she has affected history uh, in mm-hmm. sort of subtle ways, like in this episode, Orson Welles not knowing who Shakespeare is. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and also Lamborghinis existing like 40 years before they're supposed to and uh, things like that. So there's like little, little things in here that they are just sort of like, um, I don't know. I I would almost say they're like lazily putting in because they're putting them in there, but they're not calling enough attention to them being weird, right? Uh, that it it they feel like anomalies. They really just mostly just feel like facts that Mark Gatiss got wrong, <laughs> <laughs> um, like the CIA existing, like you know, twenty years before it's supposed to, and and things like that, um, right? Yeah, but but I guess apparently like that was all done on purpose and would be uh, paid off um, over the course of uh, the second and I think second and third seasons of the Eighth Doctor Adventures. Um, but that was uh, this was sort of the beginning of that. The other big thing um, is the cast of this, which is really interesting. Um, one, Mark Gatiss plays the radio announcer uh, in the uh, War of the World broadcast and things like that. Katie Manning plays uh, a guest at the reception in the in the reception scene. Um, of course, Katie Manning being a previous uh, third Doctor companion, um, mm-hmm. and uh, near and dear to Nick and I's heart, uh, Jessica Stevenson plays Glory B. Oh. And oh my God. S- and Simon Pegg plays Don Cheney. What? I frigging yeah. knew it. I knew it. 
Oh, I feel so vindicated right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really do. I, I, I remember yesterday being like, that sounds like American accent, Simon Pegg. But, mm-hmm. that's, cra- but that's crazy. Why would that happen? That's amazing. Oh, well, they, they, you know, they, they were on each other's shows, if you remember. You know, Mark Gatiss mm-hmm. was big into the, in the comedy community at this time. And this was. <laughs> Had a very uh, memorable th- appearance on Spaced. Yeah. Exactly. And this actually came a year after his memorable appearance on Spaced. Um, oh, so he did an American accent. Right. Very true. Yeah. Cause this was 2002. This was released in 2002. And that was, uh, 2001. I love um, so actually it's probably really just a few months because this was January of 2002. So mm-hmm. um, these two things were done kind of simultaneously. It might have very well have been a uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of situation. And as we know from the very next story that we're about to cover, uh, Simon <laughs> Pegg is a Doctor Who fan because he is in the long game, which is the next story we're going to. Whoa, cover. I'm just having it's 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 a real Peg timber. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I just watched I just watched a movie Terminal yesterday with um with Margot Robbie. Oh yeah, uh, how was that? Was that it looked it, weird, but like maybe in a fun way? Was it good? It, it, I well, you know me, I will I will forgive a lot if I enjoy the performances in a movie. Sure, sure. And and that was definitely an example where you know Margot Robbie was, you know they were they they gave her a lot of fun stuff to sink her teeth into, and Simon Pegg was reliably great, you know and. Uh, Mike Myers, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a Mike Myers defender. Uh, in, ter- in terms of his performances in movies, uh, mm-hmm. where I think he's a lot better. Of, I, I so they let him do some weird stuff. I thought it was worth watching. Okay, um, cool. Especially if you're a peg completist like Scott. <laughs> That's that is actually uh, accurate. Yeah. Um, I still haven't seen that Australian movie that he was in though. Oh, the, was it the the one the about- one where he's a hitman? Oh, kill, kill me three times. That I actually yeah. have seen. Yeah, with the with the he's got like the the biker stash yeah. going on, and the uh, and the third Hemsworth. Oh, right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, for so, some so, reason, yeah. for for some reason, uh, uh, Australian crime thrillers are um, are not just in my purview at all. I don't know why. I don't. I don't uh, think that it's worth excusing. All right, that comes up. It, it, it weirdly Australian oh, crime thrillers comes up yeah. a lot in like um in yeah, like, like Animal uh, Kingdom. Yeah, like cinephile stuff. Like they, they're people the are always recommending um, uh, Australian crime thrillers, and I'm always just like, nah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just don't um, watch it. <laughs> I, I'm kind of that way when it's like. Juliet Binoche. And I shouldn't say that. I love Clouds of Silsbury, but I, I, I do, I do get what you're saying when you see a trailer for. Usually, if it involves like, look at this, look at this interesting thing the Queen did in like the 19 in like 1875. I'm like, pass. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Egypt is the other thing for me. Um, Egyptian stuff just doesn't. I don't know. Just, uh, so like, even the Mummy. Uh, the Mummy is di- is different because <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's like adventure-y. Right. Um, they kind of found a way to make you care. By Indiana Jonesing it, yeah, yeah. But like any anything that like I don't know. Cass, does this remind you of anything? Do you have any like really hyper specific blind spots? Yeah, that you're like no. Um, I just have uh blind spots in general. Like I don't know, maybe blindfolds because like I don't watch. Well, you guys watch more movies than I do, so. 
Sure, yeah. sure, sure. But yeah, and like like rom coms aren't really your. Yeah, they're not. Oh really yeah, my jam. Her, yeah. That's, the... <laughs> that's not Cass a blind spot. Been... That's just me painting over an entire genre, perhaps unfairly, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's pretty much what we're talking about, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but you're like, gonna, yeah, yours like, is like super these, these niche, are... like Australian crime thriller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like though, yeah, I don't say I. You know, we're sure that The Rover and Animal Kingdom are great films, but it's just like for whatever reason, it's just not gonna doesn't get you or doesn't yeah. like that doesn't make you sit down whereas getting back to the story uh i i one of uh, the opposite of a blind spot for me i am a big time mark for anything in like the 30s in new york mm-hmm. like, yeah depression era new york i'm just a absolute sucker for well let's get into it then invaders from mars written and directed by mark gatis Produced by Gary Russell and Jason High Ellery. Published by Big Finish Productions. Air date January 2002. Attempting to deliver Charlie to her rendezvous in Singapore, 1930, the doctor overshoots a little, arriving in Manhattan on Halloween of 1938. Once there, they come across the body of a private detective named Halliday, who was killed with a ray gun by two criminals named Mouse and Ellis while robbing their boss, Don Chaney, of his otherworldly weapons in order to sell them on the black market. When the doctor and Charlie go to Halliday's office to investigate his murder, the doctor is mistaken for Halliday by a potential client named Glory B, who is looking for her missing uncle, a Russian atomic scientist. The doctor suspects this may have something to do with Halliday's death and takes the case. Meanwhile, Don Chaney finds out about Mouse's betrayal and reveals that he has a creature in his custody that builds the otherworldly weapons for him. After getting some information from Mouse about the rivals he was selling the weapons to, Chaney feeds Mouse to the creature. At CBS Radio Studios, Orson Welles is preparing for his now infamous War of the Worlds broadcast when a network chairman named Bix Biro enters the broadcast booth and makes some last-minute changes to the wiring in order to plant an additional signal to the Halloween broadcast. Biro is being manipulated by Cosmo Divine, a gossip columnist and a secret Nazi spy, who has kidnapped Biro's lover, Jimmy, and will kill him if Biro does not comply. Cosmo was also the buyer of the weapons that Ellis and Mouse were attempting to sell when they were interrupted by Halliday. Cosmo also has Charlie kidnapped in order to question her about her and the Doctor's involvement in everything, revealing that he knows about an alien ship that landed nearby last month and that one of the aliens is now in Don Chaney's custody. Meanwhile, the Doctor and Glory B find the missing Russian scientist at Chaney's hideout looking after the alien in the tank. But when the Doctor introduces himself in Glory B, the scientist claims to not have any family, and Glory B reveals herself to be a secret Russian agent who is here to bring the scientist, a U.S. defector, back to Russia along with the alien technology and his atomic bomb. Cheney finds them trying to escape and threatens them with the alien technology, having already made a deal to sell the alien and tech to the CIA. Across the bay in New Jersey, two bat-like aliens named Streeth and Norium arrive in search of a lost breeding party, threatening to destroy the planet in the process. They encounter Charlie and Ellis, who have escaped from Cosmo Divine and are forced into helping the aliens track down Earth's defenses as the War of the Worlds broadcast begins to cause a panic in the city. Tracking the otherworldly weapons to Cheney's hideout on the Brooklyn Bridge, the aliens attempt an attack but only manage to kill Glory, who falls to her death. 
Cheney and the others run back inside and are found by Cosmo Divine and a squad of German soldiers here to claim the alien technology for themselves, only to find that the alien creature has asexually reproduced and the hungry offspring attack the German soldiers. The others flee, but the Russian scientist is overtaken by the creatures and presumably killed. Cosmo, Cheney, and the Doctor are intercepted by Streeth and Norium reuniting the Doctor with Charlie. The aliens claim that they are just the first of an invasion, but the Doctor realizes that this is not the case. In fact, Streeth and Norium are just two alien criminals running an intergalactic protection racket in which they release a breeding party on a planet and then offer to protect the planet from invasion for a price. Cosmo tries to use this to his advantage by creating an alliance with the aliens, killing Ellis when he objects. The Doctor and Charlie manage to get away, heading toward the CBS radio studios with a plan to use the War of the Worlds broadcast to trick Streeth and Norium into believing that a real invasion from Mars is happening and causing them to flee the planet. Once in orbit, they realize it was a trick and attempt to return, but the Russian scientist, who has barely survived the attack by the alien offspring, appears on their ship and sets off his atomic bomb. The explosion is written off as a meteor and hysteria driven by the War of the Worlds broadcast as the Doctor and Charlie take their leave. So, uh, so this story, I, I don't know. I'm curious about our, our over everybody's overall thoughts because, like, you know, mine to begin with, um, I would say the majority of the American accents in this are pretty much as questionable as Minuet in Hell. Um, <laughs> There, there's a few like obviously like Don Chaney was okay, and uh, and and I would say Glory was probably fine, um, for the most part. I mean, the problem is that a lot of them were really, like, uh, like cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Um, like they they reminded me of like the weasels in Who Framed yes, Roger Rabbit. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So overall, I think that. Like like a great many Mark Gatiss things, I think that there were a lot of really clever ideas in this, but there were too many of them to do any of them justice, and all of them sort of went to get – all of those parts went together and made a story that I was just like – I mean, I guess – I just, you know, it was just sort of like a, like I, I was over and I just kind of shrugged my shoulders. And I was like, all right, I guess we got to talk about that for 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's like you know, clever stuff in here. Like I, I love the idea of aliens coming to Earth and creating a protection racket for the planet. Like alien gangsters. Like that's, I think that's a really clever idea. Yeah, that's like um, a very rowling idea. Mhm. I really like that. Uh mm. but and in fact, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if something like that comes up at some point in like the Fantastic Beast movies cuz you're right. It does seem like a JK Rowling kind of idea. <laughs> um but uh uh <laughs> just like a muggle protection racket. Um but it's Yeah, you want these muggles to get, you know, <laughs> eh, funny things yeah. happen to muggles when they travel from uh, you know, place to place. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I love – so I loved that idea on its own mm-hmm. um, with the with the detective story and the, and the you know, the, the – you know, Don Chaney keeping a uh, an alien for its um, 
technology and things so he could like burn people and, and stuff with the laser guns. Uh, that's, that's all good stuff. But then it's like, then we get into the world, the world things. And it really just feels like that was his initial idea. And then he went off the rails and then wouldn't ever, like, he just, he just wouldn't relinquish war of the worlds. Mm -hmm. Like it, it doesn't feel like that belongs in this at all. Um, and I know that it sort of like ties up there toward the end with the, where the doctor like you know tricks them into thinking there's a real invasion coming and that the protection racket is going to get in trouble or whatever, but it's I don't know. And then there's like and then just out of nowhere is like the guy builds the atom bomb. It's just yeah. like there's so many things. It's just it's too many things and and not enough time spent on any of them. I think That's definitely. Right. You know, I I it's a you know so ever since we started this round we would sort of say in reference about the audio story like or at least i would say you know all it has to do is be better than minuet now <laughs> yes and and it it's to me it's just so it's so interesting while i was listening to this i was thinking about that because it it, it is similar to minuet in hell in ways that i really wasn't prepared for that i kept being like whoa wait why were like the fact that it's you know a lot of kind of questionable american accents and like uh kind of uh going on these weird tangents and like uh, a little bit of weird misogyny sneaking its way back in which i wasn't a fan of uh but that being said yeah i mean i this is you know what much less painful than minuet in hell and there is a lot of fun stuff and you know i i i did kind of enjoy the setting but yeah yeah like there really wasn't um it kind of did just fall off the and like when they did bring it back to orson wells at the, it just felt so like, oh, right, this was supposed to be about the Invader from Mars thing. It felt so tacked on to me. Uh, but yeah, but I, th I, th I thought it was I thought it was really fun. I thought the characters were interesting. And uh, yeah, like it had some interesting ideas. Kind of, yeah, kind of like Mark Gatiss's proper episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you hate this cast? No, it was it was fine. Um, okay. I I would be I the thing that made me laugh the hardest was the fact that the mob boss is named Don Cheney and everyone called him the Phantom who was played by Lon Cheney and I was just like haha you clever guy um yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it was fine I wasn't expecting a lot because it was Mark Gatiss but I was expecting it to be better than Minuet in Hell which it was so that's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, uh, it, and, and I guess we should, um, we shouldn't bury the lead and, and really, uh, mention the, uh, the hella problematic yes. uh, moment in this. Yes. Um, not only, not only do they drop the F word, like slang sort of hate speech word. The slur. Um, the slur, right. Not the verb. Uh, it, it, it is also, <laughs> it is also toward a homosexual Nazi sympathizer. Um, yeah, it just, it feels <laughs> in the weirdest way. It almost, even it's, it's problematic stuff feels retro. Like, cause like, yeah, like even that, the idea of like a fae kind of like villain comes like, it's like, oh, it's like kind of like. Peter Laurie and Casablanca, you know, which is even then part like kind of the more problematic part of that movie, you know? Mm. Yeah. Like making your making your villain or making your like un yeah, it was just such a weird yeah, and it, it came out and, and it reminded me of Minuet in Hell, where it was just like, yeah, get this out of my Doctor Who. Like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, it was it was very jarring. Um when uh when the F word is used in a Doctor Who story. But yeah, but like and we don't really know well, I don't really know. I don't really know the the history or relationship that the UK has with that word. So like but I don't know, but like I but so I guess cuz like and I was thinking about like oh what year did this come out in, you know, and I Yeah. Yeah, 2002. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still wasn't still wasn't good to use even then. Um not that it ever was, but right. you know, sure sure sure. It was it was it, there was a time there was times in the 90s where it was mostly accepted. Uh unfortunately. Oh, um, I would say even like around like I mean the freaking hangover, you know, that was like in the trailer. Oh, was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Jeez. It's it's, um, it's very I think it's very recent just now that it's been kind of like, you know, rightly so, of course, but it it is interesting what like, yeah, it just slips through in our media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The cover of this story, the the cover of the big finish, it is uh one of the most magnificent things I've ever seen. Um, right. and I uh have you guys seen it? No. Do you guys know what it is? Oh man. Um, well, is it the to... one that's on the TARDIS wiki? No, it's not. It's not that one. Okay, um, cool. Because that one. Okay. That is, I think that might be the original release, but they re, uh, Big Finish Audio, they, uh, redesign the way all of their stories look every once in a while. And every time they do, they sort of retroactively change the old ones as well. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. You know, you know. <laughs> Oh my god, well thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this because you just reminded me of my very favorite part of the episode, which were the bat things, the Batmen. Yeah. Uh this looks like, you know, when you see like those photoshopped uh Google images of like an episode nine poster. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Or like or like, look, it's a it's a, it's a, what if Justice League and Avengers beat up each other, and, it, and it's like them like just bad Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like c- common as the Green Lantern, you know. <laughs> it's just really weird that this is a spaced reunion. Yeah, they're really pimping uh, Simon Pegg and Jessica Hines and A. Stevenson's, uh, uh, you know, they're not image. Names, yeah, or because it's like featuring Simon Pegg, Jessica Stevenson, yeah. I'm like, I guess, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are in a lot of it, um, yeah. They Jessica each Hines get a, a they, Russian spy, yeah. I was gonna say, they each get a, a cliffhanger, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. This story, man, it's just there's a lot in it. There's a lot going on. The these two aliens, though, I I swear, I think that's the most clever part of the whole thing. Like the world, the world's thing is whatever. The Orson, the guy they got playing Orson Welles, like it. it I had to keep reminding myself that that was Orson Welles because it's like, it's it's such a subtle, uh, it's such a subtle, um, impersonation mm-hmm. that it doesn't even really work. Sure. Uh, He's no Maurice Lamarche, that's for sure. Yeah, because I mean the thing about um, like when you when you watch uh, uh, what was the what was the World War Two bunker episode with Churchill? Um, oh yeah, Victory of the Daleks, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So like with Victory of the Daleks, at least there he's doing a bad impression of Churchill, like a really bad impression of Churchill. But he looks like Churchill. He's dressed like Churchill, so you can kind of just roll with it. But in mm, audio, it's just so like unforgiving. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so unforgiving that. 
you can keep telling me this is Orson Welles, but like I, 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 I may not know many things, but I know damn well what Orson Welles sounds like, and this guy doesn't <laughs> sound anything like Orson yeah. Welles. It's like uh, you know, if there were ever a a medium or a you know a format to work that would lend itself to something a little more broad stroke, I think it would be like a Doctor Who audio story set in New York in the thirties. You know, yeah, 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 just like embrace it you know go full go go full p commercial mm-hmm. i agree um because i can't orson wells talking to the doctor i i just feel like i just feel like that i don't know but maybe that's because that's what i am naturally interested in i wanted them it to be more about that and not the bat people but i, I did enjoy liking the bat people mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean they were the they were the alien mobsters right yeah yeah yeah. To me, they kind of, I just kept picturing the uh, the bat guy from uh, Grey Mass Detective. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it was so funny. I was reading up on, uh, like, reading reviews of this, and it, it really does seem to be, like, there are some people that just absolutely love this. And I will say... I mean, good on Margatus, I guess, for trying to direct this as like an old style radio drama. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the whole mm-hmm. thing kind of feels like the, that sort of old school radio drama, like uh, radio serial kind of vibe to it. Um, and, uh, you know, I get what he's going for, but I'll be honest, I got confused about what was happening a lot. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think it, I don't know. Uh, it just wasn't, you know, there's a, there's a, there's an art to um, uh, making your listeners know for sure what exactly is going on at every, every moment without like making, you know, without creating like awkward dialogue to explain it, but you still need to explain it. You can't just roll with it and pretend that people are seeing what they're not seeing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it's uh yeah so there were there was a lot of moments that were really confusing in this um man the guy the guy at the top of this image uh i guess that's the guy that's supposedly playing uh orson wells i suppose but he really just looks like um dude from speed racer uh <laughs> racer x no no the other one like actually like speed racer speed speed yeah what's yeah. that actor's name oh emil hirsch emil hirsch he looks like emil hirsch Gotcha. Anyway, <laughs> that took that. Yeah, <laughs> that was like that was like not finding your keys, but like a sentence. Yeah, Neil <laughs> uh, Hirsch's keys. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what else. I I once again I once again was really uh, disappointed with the use of Charlie in oh, this episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, again, not nearly as as uh, as offensive as Minuet in Hell, but yeah. in this case, it was just more like, yeah, she gets captured. Yeah, she yeah. gets kidnapped. She gets, she gets kidnapped in episode one, drugged in episode two, escapes in episode three, and then like just sort of tails behind the Doctor in episode four and does really nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 like it's like what a waste because like. I mean, mm-hmm. thinking back on that first episode when they were like on the dirigible or whatever, and she was so like everything I ever wanted in a companion. I mean, like we were even talking about that 
and so it's just a bummer yeah yeah for sure um yeah i mean that's the thing is uh when when charlie doesn't have anything to do she is just like one of the most forgettable companions then when she's on she's like one of the best Mm -hmm. but she's not on very often unfortunately um i don't think i think i think the problem with charlie as a uh eighth doctor companion is that she like i i think big finish's instinct was to give the eighth doctor an edwardian uh style doctor and edwardian style female companion right and it's like they're just too samey kind of um that's why when uh, later in her, her storyline, she becomes the companion for the sixth Doctor in some audio adventures. And that's really good stuff uh, because they they don't feel so samey. Um, you can't stand there. That's yeah. where I stand. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's good. And then, uh, and then the eighth doctor is much better with Lucy Miller, who is, uh, my favorite companion. And, uh, they just announced they're bringing her back to do, uh, more eight doctor adventures that sort of slip in between the original seasons that they did together. Um, huh. so that's, that's exciting. I'm, I'm excited to, to hear more Lucy adventures cause I never thought I'd see her again. So that's a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, Lucy Miller, uh, that's, um, that's my go-to eighth doctor companion. Um, and, uh, Charlie's fine, but I do think that she's better with the sixth doctor rather than the eighth doctor. I just think she has more to do with the sixth doctor than she does with the eighth doctor. Sort of a Clara Oswald situation. Yeah. 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 yeah for I sure. Don't, I don't know if I've ever heard any Lucy Miller stuff. I don't think you have. I think we've talked about this before. I don't think you got that far. Yeah. Yeah, because the Lucy Miller season seasons is uh, when they switched the Eighth Doctor format to the New Who format, which is a single part forty five oh, minutes. Yeah, no, I definitely haven't gotten there then. Yeah, yeah. So um, those ones are uh, those ones are going to be a lot of fun when we get there. I'm really excited about that. Uh, but that's uh, a while away. <laughs> um, at least, at least, at the very least, another half dozen stories away. Um, at the very least, mm. uh, that's if I fast forward, um, which I very well may, because there are a lot of eighth doctor stories at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, he's been around, I think he might have the most stories of any doctor, uh, to be honest. Good for him. Yeah. It's Praise true. be. Yeah. <laughs> Praise be. <laughs> My God. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, so not as, uh, like fun and Halloween-ish as I wish it was. No, definitely not. Jeez, I didn't even think about it in that lens. Yeah, because it is, it's supposed to be a Halloween story. Oh, yeah, immediate downgrade. That's weird that it came out in January if it's supposed to be a Halloween story. (laughs) That is super weird. You're right. Yeah, I don't like that. Maybe it aired in uh on on uh, BBC Radio in October of that year but came out on big in big finish. Oh. Like it was like a big finish release in January. Yeah. Cuz they did release these on the radio at the time. Um just like way later. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Anyway. Um 
Yeah, spaced reunion. That's weird. That is super weird. Uh, I remember thinking that um, Glory B's like accent was not very good, but that's which one? Uh, bo- yeah, both which of them. Accent? I mean, I think it's funny that <laughs> it's a British woman pretending to be a Russian woman pretending to be an American. So I guess I'll for- I, I don't know. I love her, so I forgive her. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also wasting your wasting your Heinz Day Stevenson. Yeah. Yeah, well, they would uh, they they would not learn the lesson with Simon Pegg, uh, but they would definitely learn the lesson with her because she has a much better role um, yes. in uh, series three of uh, Doctor Who. Wait, um, what? Which we will get to in due time. Oh, oh yeah. my god, that is her! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I haven't seen that episode since I've watched Space, so I'm just like, what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. okay, awesome. Human nature, <laughs> yep, family of yep, blood. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, no, I mean, she, she has a, she has a great role on, on Dr. Who. Simon Pegg, not so much. Kind of a, kind of wasted Simon Pegg twice. Um, <laughs> to be honest. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk more about, uh, wasted Simon Pegg. That's a, that's a, that'd be a fun list to make is like top 10 were not were but you know, top 10 biggest like Dr. Who, like, you know, like Bill Nighy and Vincent of the Doctor. I don't feel like oh, that's yeah. a waste. Yeah, that's not a way. I mean, it is. No. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's just that you want more. You always want right, more right, than that. Right. right, right. That's that's different. Uh, whereas, like Nick Frost and Simon Pegg are both wasted on Doctor Who. Um, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, um, the, the Nick Frost one is arguably even bigger because of the promise made. Right. Oh, I know. Right. I know. Nick Frost is going to play Santa Claus. Oh my God! Remember how much we were <laughs> yep. anticipating that, and then it was like, "Psych, he's not real. He's a figment of everyone's imagination." Oh, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, Santa can't be real in this universe, idiots. <laughs> Even though the eleventh doctor intricate- clearly said that the Santa Santa Claus was real, we gotta draw the draw the line somewhere. God, remember when we thought like Nick Frost was gonna be like a Time Lord who just like just retired as Santa Claus? <sighs> That yeah. his sleigh was a TARDIS. Yeah, oh now I do. Jeez. <laughs> oh my god! Instead of like, oh, see, it's more about uh, you know the idea of you know everyone dies. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> you never know when it. You never everyone know when it's your one die. <laughs> you never know when it's your last Christmas, and you definitely don't know whose last Christmas it just was. Good night, everybody. Right? <laughs> ho ho ho! <laughs> oh man. Uh, anyway, um, all right. Well, that's Invaders from Mars. Uh, it is it is an interesting le- listen. So I could definitely recommend it from that perspective. Of like, sure, I mean, you know, if you're a, if you're a Gatiss completist, if you're a Peg completist, <laughs> if you're a Stevenson completist, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Check that out if uh, if you so desire. And uh, it's, uh, it's I don't I don't know why I feel compelled to do this, but I I, I guess I just want to say I really I really do think uh, Mark Gatiss is a really talented uh, actor and uh, talented writer and producer of the show. I, I don't know. I just feel like we dunk on him a lot on this show. And I don't want to get the, the wrong. I don't want to put the wrong idea out there. He's really oh. good at being consistent. But unfortunately, his consistency is not what I like, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you like it, there's a lot of it. And if you're not crazy about it, there's a lot right. of it. You know? Right, right, 
Which was the one Mark Gatiss story that we... Oh, right. I really liked Unquiet Dead, that first one. Um, I really liked that one a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think there's another one of his that I like at all. We've got uh, Idiot's Lantern is going to be coming up soonish, and I just... (laughs) it's like it's it's that that idiot's lantern is in my bottom 10 um yeah of like all doctor who ever uh i hate that story uh Um, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read these off to you guys just to get like one word one sentence reactions in order we got unquiet dad good idiot's lantern cast no okay for (laughs) both for for both of them uh unquiet dad's fine great yeah uh, Victory of the Daleks. Eh, it's okay. It's watchable, yeah. certainly. Uh, I like that they're in different colors. I like that they fly. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, not <laughs> night terrors. Which one is? Is that even, is that the doll remember. one? Yeah, yeah that's the, the one. It's, one. Okay, it's in the, the one in where the apartment block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a there's like a there's like an old film projector. Yeah, it's like. It's like uh, it's yeah, it's the living doll in an apartment block, and With, like, we the thought alien it was going to be baby thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We thought it was going to be like attack the more like attack the block, and it really ended up being more like Lady in the Water. Yeah. Um. um <laughs> yeah. Uh. What about? Okay. Well, then now is Cold War the one with the old film projector? Cold War What's is Cold the War? Uh, Ice Warrior in the submarine. They're in the ice yeah. warrior in the submarine. Yeah, that with, one um, I will never forgive. That one for the wait. Here's here it is. Perfect oh, example. Yes. Waste of David Warner. Mm, Absolute yes. waste of David Warner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Waste of David um, Warner. That man was born on this earth to be like a time lord, god, like priest thing. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine, imagine if uh, he had gotten to play. Um, uh wow man what's the character what what's the name of the character that uh, timothy dalton plays oh rassilon the, um, oh hell yeah rassilon david warner is rassilon at some point hell like, yeah imagine, uh, imagine david warner playing the the gallifreyan president in uh in in at the end of um oh that would have been amazing in yeah. uh uh hellbent yeah mm-hmm. the second part just, of heaven he just kind of i mean this in the most flattering way but just his his, his face is he just his angles he looks almost like a human like skexies like, like that. <laughs> I, I just imagine like with the way the time lords dress yeah you know yeah, he yeah. just would have looked like yeah. a, like a like a stroud illustration it would look so good moving on uh the crimson horror I don't even remember what that was. No memory. It's almost like it never happened. Oh, like, oh, the, it's, oh, it's definitely it's the. It's one? definitely the. Why are we yes, here? Brigade. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He falls into the. They're, they're like melting people. They're falling into like batter or like pink stuff. Sweet. I want to say. Milk. I want to say. Was it the. Was it the final? Why are we here, Brigade? I think it's so. I, I think. Don't, yeah. yeah. Was, it, was they, it after? Was it after Deep Breath or before Deep Breath? That was definitely after. before. Before, because it was eleven. Oh, was it? Oh, it was eleven. Really? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking I at. I cannot, the, for the life of me, remember eleven. The eleventh Doctor in that story. Right? Yeah, I, I only know that because the the thumbnail is is very clearly Matt Smith in a in a bowler hat. Hmm. Oh, okay. And then yeah, we have. I, I barely remember that one then. And then we have Robin of Sherwood. Uh, uh, which funny story about Robin of a uh, robot of Sherwood? Uh, my 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 friend texted me. He lives. His roommate is uh, a Hoovian. And he was like, hey, my roommate keeps trying to make me watch this really stupid episode of Doctor Who where he's talking to Robin Hood and I want to, like, move out forever. And I'm like, fair enough. (laughs) Nothing's worse than someone making someone watch something they don't want to watch and then just imagine that it's a robot of Sherwood. 
Ugh. I don't remember if I liked that one. I think I liked the idea of that one better than the actual execution. Yeah, like it was funny at the beginning, like when the and the arrow hits the TARDIS, and he's like, "There's no such thing as Robin Hood," and he's like, "So I yeah, there is." And why? Why is Robin Hood real? I know. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know, man. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think we had a lot of these questions when we covered that. Story I know. We're just doing it, it again. <laughs> what a horrible idea this was that I had. Yeah. Um, and then, speaking and then of which, he, speaking of yeah. which, on the other side of, uh, oh, sorry, what was the, what was the last, what was the last, what was the last, the, 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 the last two are Sleep No More in 2015 and, uh, Empress of Mars in 2017. Oh, Sleep No what More is, Sleep No is More. Is that the one with the stupid Sandman crap? Cause I hated oh, that Oh, it uh, was. That was the worst one. Yep. Yeah. Yes. found footage one. Yes. yes. That was the worst Mark Gatiss episode by a mile. It well no no it's like tied with like idiot lantern <laughs> as like the two worst. Oh, I don't know which one offends me more. Out of all honest. of, and then the last one's the other uh, Ice Warrior one, right? The Empress of Mars, yeah. which was fine. It was fine. I think out of all of those, I like the Daleks the most. Maybe because there's Daleks in it. Yeah, and they they can fly. Yeah, and, and there's like colors. That's magical colors. <laughs> yeah. Over yeah. a over a decade of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, I was going to say... Uh, I love the Sherlock episodes. I'm looking at his Sherlock episodes now, and I'm like, oh, these are good ones. Yeah, I didn't like um, his uh, Hounds of Baskerville one. No, that was um, bad. And uh, we'll be back in a few days to talk about uh, the long game. Yeah.